Hey, this is Sharad Srivatsa, and welcome back to the Business School Podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to take you behind the scenes and talk to you about the truth behind sales scripts, the truth, the real truth behind sales scripts. I want to show you how this one skill can drive millions of dollars in income without changing anything else. Imagine that, can drive millions of dollars in income without changing anything else. I give you the reason for why this is the case. I talked to you about how you can infuse humanity. And most importantly, I talked about the three biggest mistakes. If you avoid them, your conversion rate, your charisma, your sales skills, and overall income that you generate will go through the roof. I break this all down for you step-by-step, step, and it starts right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to, how to grow your business, how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Trivata, and welcome to Business School. Imagine this one upgrade in a skill. Imagine this one 10, 5, 10% upgrade in a small skill that can drive millions of dollars in income to you without changing anything else. And I want to say that again, without changing anything else. We think we need to change our website, our logo, more content, et cetera. If you can just make one upgrade in your skill, imagine it can drive millions of dollars in income to you. And that is the truth about sales scripts. Now, I want to break down this in three big parts for you, and I think this will be quite tactical and uh, will open your eyes to a lot of things, which is number one, which is what is the biggest reason behind scripting? Number two, how do you infuse humanity into scripting? And number three, what are the three big mistakes that I see made when it comes to scripting? Just these three alone will dramatically change the way you think about sales scripting, scripts and dialogues forever. So let's jump uh, right into it. So before I kind of give you the actual tactics, I want to tell you a, a fun story, which I think you'll really appreciate. I was, uh, I, I was used to be a banker at Goldman Sachs uh, on Wall Street, and I had 39 individual one-on-one -on -one interviews to actually get the role at Goldman post-business school. And so I was one of 39-ish, 40-ish folks across all top business schools to be in this, in, in, in my class. And I remember this interview vividly. I walk into this this interview, one-on-one uh, -on -one interview. A, a managing director at Goldman walks in. He's very flustered. Maybe it was an act. I don't know. He sits down. He starts yelling and cursing. And then he puts down his appointment book. He puts down his roster. And then he says, hey, so you think you're going to do good at this job? You think you can sell anything to anybody? And I, I, I didn't say anything. He goes, and he literally, he pulls out a list of prospects that he's working on. And he said, here's my list of 150 prospects that I have not been able to reach in the last 90 days. Pick up the phone, call one of them for me. And, and I looked at him and I was like, wait, what? He said, no, go ahead. You said you want this role. You want to show me how aggressive you are. You want to show me how hard you're going to work. Pick up the phone that was on the conference table and make the call. And so I, I said, hey, I'm happy to make the call can you give me a script or something that I can say that'll actually generate the appointment or get us the result that we want? And I'm happy to make calls for the rest of the day. He looked at me. 
He smiled. He put all the stuff back in his bag. He shook my hand and he said, hey kid, you'll do great at Goldman. And he walked out the door. Now, I didn't get a chance to catch up with him until later when I asked him why he said that to me. And he said, he does that in every single appointment. He did it in every, and he said, I've done that same thing. Every time I meet with people, I do the same thing in every single appointment. And he said, I've done that for 15 years, interviewing hotshot business school grads who want to come and work at Goldman Sachs. And he goes, very rarely does someone actually tell me that what you told me today. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, most people will just pick up the phone and start calling. One, they're not allowed to do that. And sure, I appreciate the initiative, but they think they're hot stuff. Two, they'll say dumb things on the phone. Three, they think they want to impress me. But you asked me, you just said, hey, listen, give me a script and I'll call all day. And that was what was interesting to him. And that's what I want to you know, offer to you, which is everything is a function of input and output. Think about this for a second. Everything is a function of input and output. If you can actually get input to output formula working well, you could do anything in life. So if you wanted to lose weight and you said, hey, I this X number of input on calories get me Y number of input on weight. X number of input on work gets me Y number of input on result. X number of input on love gets me Y number of input on relationship. Very simple, right? And so in this case, it was just give me a script and I'll do the work because there was an input to output there. And that's what I want to share with you. And that's when it really clicked for me. Till then, I never really cared about scripting or dialogues or, or making sure I had my, my uh, language patterns down. But I, because I had won most of my life based on just energy and charisma and energy and charisma only get you that far, you know? And so when you have the skill, when you have the script, it completely changes how you think and how you work. So let's jump right into it. The number one reason to script is what? What is the number one reason to script? There's a great quote by my friend Jason Kaplan. He says, if you don't script, you don't care. If you don't script, you don't care. So after I tell you this, you can actually turn off this episode because this is all I want you to know. The script is not for you. It is for the client. Say it again. The script is not for you. It is for the client. I think about script, a script as a bouquet of flowers. I walk in the door. I have a bouquet of flowers. It's not for me. The flowers don't do anything for me. I am not uh, impressed. I'm not, I don't fall in love with flowers. I'm not, I don't feel loved by flowers. I don't like flowers are not my thing, but there could be my wife's, my, my wife's thing. They could be my mom's thing. And so the script is just like a bouquet of flowers. The script is not for you. It is for them. That's the most important thing because, uh, if you were like Chris Voss and you were a, you know, FBI hostage negotiator, why does he use a script? He doesn't know. Why doesn't he use charisma? Because the script is not for him, it is for it is for the the folks taking the hostages. It is for it is for the people, you know, the suspects in this process, right? The script is not for you, it is for the client. When you realize that, that's when you realize that you're in service of them. Um, you think about this for a second. You know the material really well. You know your company, you know your process, you know the things that need to do, you know how you can help them, you know how you can serve them, you know all the nuances of everything that you're selling. Our job is for the script to organize our thoughts and put it into their head. The script is not for you. It is for them. The sooner you realize it, the sooner you're going to fall in love with the script because you're just going to say, wow, okay, how can I write the script in such a way that it gets them to take action? It gets them to feel loved. It gets them to know care. It gets them to understand the market. It gets them to feel pain. It gets them to know the product. The script is not for you. It is for them. The number one reason to script is 
treating the skip script like a bouquet of flowers. The script is not for you. It is for them. If you take that and nothing else away, take that because I see too many salespeople often think about, ooh, that sounds too, too scripted. That's a little scripty. I can't say that. Oh my, you know, I'm, I, I, I can, I can read the situation. I'm a people person. Like no one cares about any of that. You're making it sound like it's for you. The script is not for you. All of those words, I can do this. I'm not like this. I can do this. I can do that. The script is not for you. The script is for them. Now, it would be terrible if you had a poorly written script by somebody that was dumb that never actually talked to a client before. There's a lot of that, by the way, right? And I'll get into that in a second. But when you have a good language pattern and a good script and a way to think and help the client, you'll realize that the script is not for you. It's for them. That is the switch I want to give you. All right. Here's number two. How do you infuse humanity into your scripting? The number one thing that the reason why people don't like scripts is because they're like, oh, you're making me sound like a robot. You're making me say things that are not natural. You're making me say things that that feel, feels like I'm reading out of a book. You're making me say things that, you know, are not conversational. I'm just, you know, I just sit there with a yellow pad and I ask a bunch of questions. Like that's old school sales. Like that's fine. It works sort of. But when you can infuse humanity into your scripting, that's when good things start to happen. I'll give you this quote, how you sell is just a function of how you serve, all right? Our job is to be in service. When you're selling something, it's just um, how you sell is just a function of how you serve. And so when when someone asks me a question, when someone gives me an objection, I do the QBQ, QBQ, which is the question behind the question. Normally, there is a question behind the question. So if someone says, oh, Jimmy said he can do it for 20% less. What are they saying? They're not saying you are bad because what we have been taught by our coaches and really dumb sales trainers is that, oh, they said, Jimmy could do it for 20%. You can be like, I can appreciate that. Well, you can't appreciate that, right? There's some other emotion here at play. And what is it? Because they they don't negotiate on a day-to-day basis. They don't talk about your product or service on a day-to-day basis. They just said, Jimmy said he'd do it for 20% less. And you don't know how to answer that. There's an emotion there. That emotion is, am I getting taken advantage of? Is this too expensive? Can I? Am I supposed to negotiate? Is, is there like, this person does not make me feel safe. Should I ask this question? They don't know what is the emotion, right? And that's why a lot of times when we say things that we don't mean, it sounds, um, it, it, it sounds patronizing, right? You can say, oh, Jimmy said he'd do it for, you know, he could do, he'd do it for 20% less. Oh yeah, I can appreciate that. No, you cannot appreciate that. You're lying, right? And so I've seen top sales trainers on stage will say in response to an objection, they'll say, oh yeah, I can appreciate that. Well, don't lie. You, when you can't appreciate it, why do you say that? Because somebody 45 years ago wrote a script in a script book that was dumb, that's never actually talked to a client in their lives, and they wrote that because it was a war, it was a sentence filler because there's nothing clean to say. And now we've all memorized and we say things like, I can appreciate that. When you can't, I'm not saying if you actually can appreciate something, you can say it. But nine out of 10 times, we use that as a placeholder when we actually can't appreciate that. And that's what I want you to recognize, which is, is this trip coming from a purpose and a place of serving the client? Because how you sell is just a function of how you serve. And how you infuse humanity into a script is to understand tonality and neutrality, right? Did you see how I changed the energy of the conversation, but just changing the cadence of my speech. I'm pointing it out to you now, but when someone puts me in a tight spot in an appointment or uh, I feel like I'm getting defensive, I instantly go to a neutral place. 
Because neutrality in language, neutrality in tone, neutrality in cadence instantly reduces sales resistance, reduces sales resistance. Because I will tell you this, when I see folks uh, and I put them in a tight spot by having them explain something or where they have to defend themselves, may it be regarding price or commission or someone else's product is better, they'll start to increase the cadence and the speed in which they talk. They'll just speak faster. And I've noticed that whenever people have objection handlers, they either say dumb things or they speak faster. Instead, what you want to do is to change the conversation to a service-based conversation. When you get to a neutral tone, it doesn't trigger sales resistance. Did you see what I did there, right? I completely changed my cadence around that. You saw that. This is not my normal cadence. I wanted you to see that. That's the difference in all of this, right? So when someone puts me in a tough spot, someone puts me in a defensive position, someone puts me like, hey, Jimmy said he'd do it for 20% less. Someone said, oh, uh, I, my, my aunt said that I should negotiate and get three offers. All of that is based on what? There's a question behind the question, which is they don't know how to negotiate. So they, they say dumb stuff. And instead, what we try to do is we try to convince them. We try to crush the objection. You don't ever want to crush the objection. The person that sits on stage in a conference and gives you a script to crush the objection is, is dumb. Do not ever do that right? You never want to crush the objection. You want to make the client feel like you're in deep service. And no matter what they throw at you, you can handle. And the neutrality of your tone allows them to know that you're not flustered by anything and anyone that threw anything crazy at you. You're able to take their thoughts, package it up softly, thoughtfully, constructively, and organically, and get it back to them and solve their issues. They know that more times they can throw stuff at you, that you'll get back to neutrality. That's why neutral tones are deeply impactful in actually infusing humanity. Did you see that big change, right? I know we may say, oh, wow, Sharon, that seems really scripted. No, I, I, it was completely extemporaneous because I knew that if I, when someone gets defensive, their sales resistant goes up and I have to change and get neutral in my tonality so that I can actually help them understand because how you sell is just a function of how you serve. Tonality is super important. And all I mean by that is you want, when, when things get tough in a conversation, when you're explaining something that's complex, when you want to make, when you know that it may, it may lead to some resistance, you want to get to neutral tone. Neutrality in tone is the number one thing that allows you to cut through the truth and reduce sales resistance. All right. So we talked about three things uh, so far. Number one, the number one reason to script is the script is not for you, it's for them. Number two, you want to infuse humanity into your conversations because let's not say things like, I can appreciate that. Or, oh yeah, you know, let's think about this together. You don't want that. You don't want dumb things like that because that just triggers more sales resistance. And the way to solve sales resistance and continue with the conversation is to get to a neutral tone in how you respond. All right, here's number three. I want to give you three mistakes that I see a lot of that happens in the scripting world. And it's going to get a lot of flack for this, but I, I, I believe it wholeheartedly. So I have to tell you, the first one is the no consequence advice, right? The no consequence advice. Um, there's a, so I'll give you a simple example, right? When I was at Goldman Sachs, the research that Goldman did and put out was based on how Goldman was going to invest its own private capital. So I call that dog fooding your own, own ideas. Goldman says, this is our research. This is what we believe that the market's going to do. And we're going to go act on this. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Client. Hey, consumers of the world. You're welcome to follow this. But 
or not, but we're going to do this. We're going to put our money where our mouth is because our research is to dog food our own ideas so we can go make money on this. We're sharing with you. You can be skeptical, but we have consequence-based advice because if Goldman had a piece of advice and an idea and they banked on it and they lost money, there are consequences to that. But most but in our in our industry, in most of our sales-based industries, we have a lot of talking heads out there, a lot of coaches and consultants and media people and talking heads out there. And what do they do? They just talk about stuff in which they think you should do. They're like, hey, do this. Hey, say this script. Hey, say this. Hey, do that. But the interesting part is whether it works or doesn't work, they get to come back and and pitch you the next best idea. There's no consequence around it, right? They just get to be uh, they get to create ideas over and over and over again, and they have no consequences around the actions, their ideas, and the stuff that they're teaching. And because of that, I don't listen to folks that have no consequences, right? For example, uh, I have several mentors who have built and sold various companies, who are great entrepreneurs, who are billionaires, uh, and I don't. And when I talk to them, you know, I ask, I ask, I only listen to them for why advice. Why should I do something? Why, why, why? Like, what is the thinking behind it, right? Because they can uh, aggregate their experiences and give me some, uh, give me the why behind how to think about doing something. But that's why the why advice, I go to a mentor. But the how advice, I go to a practitioner, right? The how advice, I go to a practitioner. So recently I hired uh, two of the best marketing minds in our industry to be my private advisors. Like I personally wrote them a check outside of, all my companies, I wrote them a check. I write them a check every single month to be my advisors. Now, I don't even talk to them much. I send them a text maybe two, three times a month. But they are practitioners. They are constantly innovating and uh, and they're one of the best marketing agencies around. And they are really, really good at their job. And so they're able to, they're practitioners. And so when I give them a piece of, when I give them a problem or an idea or or a thinking process, they're able to tactically give me how to how to do it from a practitioner's perspective because they have one thing, which is the skill. Just because someone has charisma, it's not enough. They need the skill. And I am there to learn from their skill. You know, I'm not giving anybody advice on how to run a biotech company because I've never done it. I'm not giving advice to somebody on, you know, how to throw a football. Like, I've not been an NFL quarterback. But I've been in more, like, I've been in more sales appointments in the real estate business than most people that I know. Like I've been there. I've had it where a consumer tells me, no, we're going to go with someone else or no, you got to cut your fee or no, you got to change. You got to renegotiate the commission or no, this is how you, or if I'm buying a business, I've had, I've probably done more business investments and deals than most people that I know. Now it's not good or bad. I just have reps, right? So I can look at a contract and tell you what's missing and what's not missing. Not because I'm amazing, but because I'm a practitioner and it's a big, big thing because no consequence advice is the number one reason that is ruining our industry because we listen to people that have charisma and who have not actually talked to a client in their lives. And that's really, really difficult. Now, I'll take their advice. Like, I have a, I have a mentor. He's a billionaire. I don't ask him for tactical advice. I ask him for the why. I ask him for rituals and thinking. And so I can actually open my mind up to, to, to doing that because it's a, it's a holistic thing overall, right? Number two, don't put down the competition. Tell the truth. Here's a mistake. Don't put down the competition. Tell the truth. Uh, you know, there's there's fun, there's fun things that people will say. Oh, uh, you, do you know X and Y local market agent, or do you know X and Y local mortgage broker, or do you know X and Y coach or consultant? They'll see that. Oh yeah, we're we're friendly competitors. Like stop saying dumb stuff like that. 
you're not friendly competitors. It doesn't matter if you're friends. It doesn't matter if you're competitors. Don't say any like that doesn't that doesn't help your case. That doesn't help the, the the clients in any way, right? What you want to do is you want to tell the truth. Tell the truth every single time. Hey, I know Sharon, right? Sharon focuses on selling homes in Laguna Beach. Your home is in Laguna Miguel. And I'm I'm sorry, I'm just unsure if you want a Laguna Beach expert selling homes in Laguna Miguel. I'm just have you thought about that? Tell the truth. Or you can say, hey, I know Sharon. He actually does an amazing job marketing. And one of the things that he does the best is he does drone-based photography and video, and he likes to capture social media attention. Tell the truth. Because when you tell the truth and you go home and you lose because of telling the truth about somebody else, you will up your game. You will change your value proposition. You will build better marketing. You will get better, get a better product. You will upgrade your service so that the next time you go tell the truth, your truth is better than your competition's. Friendly competition is dumb. Do not say that. That makes no sense. It doesn't, and the reason it makes no sense is the client doesn't know what to make of that. Remember, the script is for the client. If you say, oh yeah, Sharanza, yeah, we're friendly competitors. What does that mean? The client doesn't know whether you don't, the client doesn't know whether it's a coy way of saying that you think Sharon sucks. They don't know whether they're saying you like him. They don't know whether they're saying there's something behind the scenes there. They're like, I don't want to, oh, I don't want to talk bad about my competition. People will actually say that. Well, I'm not the type of person that talks bad about my competition. Like, dumb. Do not ever say that. You know why? Because the script is for the client. If the client doesn't understand exactly what you mean by the words that you that you use, then you have lost why you say those things. You say it because somebody on stage crushed an objection said that you thought it was cool that made you feel like that was a smart aleck thing to say. But smart aleck things are have no place in a sales appointment. You never want to do that. You want to say things that allow a client to completely understand and move them towards the next step in the process. You telling somebody that, oh yeah, I don't want to talk about it in my competition does not move them there. You saying, oh, we're friendly competitors does not move them there. Tell the truth. Just tell the truth and everything that we say needs to be about getting the client to do something, think something, feel something, uh, uh, reduce something, have less stress about something, not where it makes you look good in some way. This is not about us. Our scripting and our dialogue is to help our clients think better, feel better, feel safer, do something, move something, create something. And that's when you actually win. Well, last but not least, here's my number three, which is please, please, please. Most people get into sales because they are like, oh, I'm a people person. I love being people. I have energy. I have charisma. I, you know, I just need to get in the, get in, if I get in face to face, I got him because I can close him because I'm a closer. Yeah. Like most people, most salespeople that I see try to win on charisma, right? Trying to win on charisma. And I will tell you the three things. If you, if you talk about charisma, right? If, if you want a, a perfect salesperson, I'll give you the, the components of a perfect salesperson. Number one, skill. Number two, organization. Number three, charisma. Right. Third, if someone is really skilled, it doesn't matter who, how, what, where, they will win 10, 20, 30 times more than you. Number two, if the salesperson is organized, they can follow up well, they know what to do next, they know what comes after, they know how to, follow, how to run through the process, they will win another 20 to 30x more than you. The last comes charisma. All that the charisma does, the charisma is the glue. The charisma is the glue to all of it. The skill and the organization is the good stuff. You have this good stuff, but when you have great charisma and you have emotion, the charisma ties the skill and the organization together so you can have a great, you can have great rapport and great results. But selling on charisma alone minimizes the other two most important components, which are the skill and the organization. 
So the three mistakes that I see often are number one, no consequence advice. Ask, ask yourself this. Are you just impressed by someone's charisma that you're listening to them about their advice and they can keep spewing different advice every six months and get away with it because they have no consequence scripting. They have no consequence advice. They have no consequence coaching. They have no consequence consulting, nothing. There's no consequences. So talking heads are the worst at this because there's no consequences, right? And you want a practitioner. You don't want somebody. You don't want a talking head. Number two, uh, don't put down the competition. Tell the truth. And number three, don't try to win on charisma. Charisma is the glue and the skill and organization is the good stuff. Hey, by the way, uh, just FYI, if you are a real estate agent anywhere in the world and you're listening to this, I put together my seven most uh, profitable money-making trainings, totally free. I have nothing to sell you. You can't buy anything from me. Uh, I wish you could buy stuff from me, but you have nothing that you can buy from me. And I want to give you all my trainings. It's, it's, I only have seven of them and they're totally free. Go to topagentpowerpack.com. I say it again, topagentpowerpack.com. Uh, it's 100% free and they will get it right away. Hopefully that helps you. Cool. Uh, given that we're talking about scripting, et cetera, I thought I wanted you to have the same exact trainings that I give to all the teams that I advise. All right, let's recap very quickly. Take 10 seconds. Number one, the script is not for you. It's for them. So please get over yourself. Number two, when conversations get intense, the neutrality is important because uh, being neutral from a tone and approach perspective reduces sales resistance. And number three, please don't take advice from people that have no consequences involved. Uh, they have to, if they don't have a consequence involved, you should not listen to them because charisma is not the answer. Skill and organization are the answer. Hey, if you liked uh, any of this, just can you do me a favor? I don't know if this stuff is interesting to you or not. If you can just take a screenshot, just take a screenshot of this episode right now on your phone, wherever you are, take a picture and can you just share it, tag me? That way, at least I'll know that doing this stuff for you is actually helpful and this will let me do, make more like this for you. Cool. If you like this, take a screenshot, share it. If you think uh, it would be good, tag me. That way I know you like this and I could make more of this for you as well. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the next one. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. Since you like this podcast, I actually have an ultra super secret private podcast that I make just for my partner companies and the CEOs and influencers that I advise. It's called 10K Wisdom because I try to wrap $10,000 worth of value in every single episode in just under 10 minutes. That's why it's called 10K Wisdom. It's raw, it's real, it's got no intro or outro or anything like that. It's just straight to the point and to the insights. Since you like this podcast, I think you will like that. So for the first time, I'm making it available to you. Just go to 10kwisdom.com, the number 10kwisdom.com, and my team will activate it for you as my gift. Go to 10kwisdom.com. I'll see you there.